Hi, thanks for tuning in. This is Druggist for the People. This podcast will contain my feelings and opinions and uh, stories from from my practice in pharmacy, but none of this should be taken as just hardcore fact. This is more about stimulating questions that you can then take to your pharmacist and your doctor and your healthcare team uh, to help you better understand and participate in your care. And once again, just a little reminder, if you're looking for medical advice, diagnosis, treatment, you won't find it here. You need to use your healthcare professional for that. Today, the people is Carol. She's been the people before. Hi, Carol. I like being the people. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> you're beautiful people. <laughs> uh, so today, I was wondering if we could talk about drug interactions. We certainly can, Carol. <laughs> we will talk about drug interactions. Um. So there's a lot of places for that to happen. So we're just going to like, we're talking about oral medications, things you take by mouth, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be like a, a journey okay, for it. And we'll see where it might interact. But um, I was thinking when we talked about doing this, do you think there's anything that you've ever ingested in your life that is still in you, like any those atoms and molecules. Let's talk about your birthday cake from when you were seven. I'm pretty sure that's gone. All of it? I'm, Nothing got incorporated? I'm guessing no other than happy feelings. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's probably true. That's probably true. But, um, I, you know, I used to think uh, before school, and where you get educated, that, um, like, your bones, once they formed, that was, you know, now that was your bones. They're made and done. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a tree. Yeah. And you just have these growth rings. and um, But that's not what happens. So calcium's always uh, forming and result, resolving and uh, resorbing. And so, anyhow, I think that's an interesting thought. But there are so- some things that do go into us and then they... They don't want to leave, like the heavy metals. Well, before you go there, so some of my birthday cake is in my bones? Unlikely. Okay. No, no that's what I'm saying. Even your bones don't. No, you. Okay. <laughs> that's just another example. Uh, it's unlikely, but I just think it's interesting. To, it is interesting. Like, is there anything in us from when we were like five or seven hmm. that was – but anyway, I was going to say heavy metals, mm-hmm. um, which this is concerning. We're getting off of the subject a little bit, but uh, – there's some, you know, discussion about heavy metals being present, like cadmium in uh, dark chocolate, which I like. Hmm. And heavy metals don't want to leave, and they Yikes. do some, they can do some damage. So we you don't know, like that. Arsenic and mercury and Ooh. you know. Well, before we lead go any further, there I just am reminded of our kids' middle school math teacher who told us at a parent teacher conference that. Our kids still had undigested baby food in their colon. <laughs> All the parents were looking at each other like, what did he just say? Okay, sorry. I remember that. Segway. That is an interesting theory. <laughs> it's the John Wayne uh, syndrome. I don't know. <laughs> okay, anyway, the, um, the, the idea of drug interaction. So there's like in pharmacy uh, and with regard to medications, they – you, you learn about pharmacokinetics mm-hmm. and pharmacodynamics. Okay. So what's that mean? I don't know. Right. I mean, it's big <laughs> words for, like, the pharmacokinetics is what your body does to the drug when you ingest it. 
So okay. it's absorption, distribution, elimination, and it includes metabolism, the actions of the liver. Okay. Pharmacodynamics is what the drug does to you. Okay. So it's what kind of pharmacologic effect you get. So you take something for blood pressure, and your blood pressure drops, and maybe your heart rate drops a little bit. These are the pharmacodynamic things. So anyhow, with that in mind, those two big uh, principles, those ideas of uh, kinetics and dynamics, that's kind of where the interactions can occur. Okay. So, does that make sense to you? It does. Yeah. It does. All right. So the, the journey begins. <laughs> <laughs> journey, journey to the center of the stomach. Um, so that's where it goes. And so the absorption is the first thing that has to happen. And that's one of the first areas where you can have a drug. Um, we're talking primarily about drug-drug interactions, drug nutrients, drug herbals, you know, these sure. kinds of things. Right. So that's where you can have interactions like um, tetracycline, which used to be used uh, not infrequently. Um it it has it will bind to positively charged ions. So let's just calcium, aluminum, magnesium. These are things that are found in cheese, the calcium, the dairy products, and in antacids. Um, so if a person would take their uh, tetracycline and then have some milk or an antacid, it would pass right through, and you didn't absorb any. Oh, so, so that's a drug drug interaction with regard to absorption. And what was tetracycline taken for? It was a uh, antibiotic used for uh, a number of things, but acne is what it ended up being uh, used for later on. But it's it's just so rarely used bacteriostatic, so it doesn't actually kill the bacteria; it keeps them from growing. But anyhow, that was that would be one, and there are others. There's a product called um, sucrophate. Carophate was the drug name, was the trade name, excuse me. And what it does is. It's like a chemical Band-Aid. So if someone has esophageal ulcers or ulcers in the GI tract, that you can take this and it will adhere to that and protect it and allow it to, to heal. That's the idea. Oh, great. Yeah, but if you take it with any drugs, it wants to absorb, you know, to, oh, to you those? Know, lock up with them. Yeah. So you have to separate the administration time, you know, take the drugs an hour before you take this or a couple hours after you take the sucrophate. I see. Um, yeah, so that's another absorption thing. Mm-hmm. And let's see. Science. Science. <laughs> <laughs> I believe then, in science. There are, <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's something, um, there's last thing that you really want to think about is like how fast the, uh, the GI tract is, is moving along, emptying stuff. So okay. um, if someone has gastric, di- like diabetic gastroparesis, not uncommon where there's slowed, slowing of the movement of things through the GI tract. Okay. You can take Reglan, metoclopramide, and it'll speed it up. So that might affect how much of the, you know, how quickly the drug is absorbed. If you move oh, it along quickly or if it slows. It won't have you, a chance to. Right. Okay. You, you probably get the same amount, but just not the same concentration, you know, quick levels that you would normally get. So that has something to do with why um, your prescriptions will say, don't take with food or take right. with food. It's, or, it is similar to that, that mm-hmm. the food absorb, uh, affects the absorption. Okay. So, um, oh, man. Are we just <laughs> – it's a lot of – okay, so that's the first thing. And then – Are there uh, like millions of these? There are a lot of a lot of, And that's why the name of this thing is uh, drug interactions playing at a body near you because it, they <laughs> do they occur? 
People are like, are there any drug-drug interactions? Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Always. Almost always, really, it's true. Can you give me one or two examples of common ones that people run into all the time? Of drug-drug interactions? Yes. Well, so people, if they're taking something that might make them drowsy, has some CNS depressant effect, central nervous system, and they take something else and it has that slight possibility as well, that is a drug-drug interaction. It may be as concerning as using a benzodiazepine and an opioid like Xanax and Norco or Percocet or any of the opioids for pain because of the concern for respiratory depression. Uh, so this is these are used concurrently. You have to be very careful about this. Um, or it could be something that's intended like for instance, using Atarax, which is an antihistamine that has some sedative effects at bedtime in combination maybe with a psychotropic med, you know, an antipsychotic perhaps, that has some, some slight uh, drowsiness, sedation effects. So in combination, they may be giving you just what you're looking for. There's a fair chance, if, and if the same doctor prescribed them, mm-hmm. that this might be an intended additive effect. I see. And sometimes they can fight a little bit against each other. There's, but you you gauge it. What's the evidence for this? And is it anticipated? And you just you move forward. So, so for pharmacy, there's there are resources that will look at drug drug interactions, and these are constantly being uh, utilized in, in evaluating drug drug interactions. And what they'll give you uh, is the probability of it happening and the severity of it happening. And then it'll also suggest what you might do uh, to manage that. So you would assign precautions to those kinds of things. Like, uh, do we know that it's happening? And what, you know, is this a concern? And you monitor if, if necessary. And then there are contraindications. Okay. You know what that is? Negative effects? No, it's, it's basic. Well, it is, but it's where, you know, you're precautious about it on one hand and then on the other. If it's contraindicated, it's like, don't do that. I see. Okay. But it even that, there are some times where, you, you know, the literature will say this is contraindicated, these two meds. And depending on the situation with the patient, how dire the, the situation might be, the risk of not doing it is so great that, that you would proceed and then closely monitor that kind of thing. But there are other things where the... The contraindication is kind of absolute, like using um, the new anticoagulants, the 10A inhibitors like Xarelto and Pradaxa and those, with the heparin product. I just, oh. I've never seen where that's okay to use, and I would always say Isn't no, Isn't heparin no, no. a thinner? Yeah, it's a blood thinner, yeah. It's okay. an old-timey. So, Lovinox is the, Enoxaparin is the um, newer uh, fractionated heparin. <laughs> it's a <laughs> It's, it's a I'm long, glad you cleared that up acting. for me. <laughs> That's, well, yes, for example. <laughs> um, so we've done absorption. I think we need to go on to distribution. This is just how the drug, it goes through your body. And this is kind of, most people don't realize this, but when you absorb a drug, First, you got to get it by the liver because that's the first place it goes, which mm-hmm. is called a first pass effect because that liver is going to try and Filter. tear it apart. Uh, and then when it gets into the blood, it can bind to proteins that okay. are all over the place. Collagen and all these other proteins are in there. And it, um, 
if it binds to that, that's not that's not free drug. That's bound drug, and it's probably not going to be able to have its effect. Okay. So one of the things that can happen in the distribution is if you take two drugs together, one might displace another from the protein, making it less effective. more more available. The, oh. the one that was displaced. Okay. Um, that can happen with like um, phenytoin, which is dilantin, which is used for seizures. Been okay. around for a long time. Uh, effective medication. And Valium can also be used for seizures. Okay. Um, but it's an anxiolytic, benzodiazepine. So if you take the Valium with the uh, Dilantin, the anti-epileptic, excuse me, <laughs> um, it can displace that from it, the protein, and then you get a higher, more pronounced effect. Oh, I see. With the uh, Dilantin, with the Phenytoin. And so that's one of those narrow therapeutic window things where you have to keep a close eye on it. So it's just things like that. So there's another drug-drug interaction that's, a, that's with distribution. Okay. Elimination, we're into pharmacokinetics, is primarily your kidneys. Okay. So if one affects how the other is eliminated, that would be an interaction. For instance, like methotrexate and a non-steroidal, the non-steroidal can slow the elimination of the methotrexate and you get a more pronounced effect. And that's not an uncommon thing for someone who's taking it for rheumatoid arthritis to be taking. So um, that's really an okay interaction. It's a okay. drug-drug interaction. It's an intended one. In yeah, case. well, yeah. it can have benefit. Yeah. Okay. So drug-drug interactions are not necessarily bad if you're aware and you're utilizing it. And um, this is a little bit of the art of medicine here. Sure. That's a chess, chess move kind of. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so there's other ones like um, you know I worked in psych for a bit, and so lithium, which is uh, for mania, bipolar depression patients, it's a salt, mm -hmm. and you don't want the person taking it to change their salt intake, their usual sodium chloride, because there's competition for reabsorption. So if all of a sudden the person goes on a low salt diet, say they got high blood pressure, they're going to end up increasing their lithium reabsorption and those lithium oh, levels and throw it off balance and you can have tremors and so you have to keep that lithium level in the blood so it's things like oh. that just to be aware of them but um yeah there's a drug there potentially a drug nutrient interaction there but as long as you just don't change then, then you're all good being aware of it is what what matters hey speaking of nutrient and drug interactions why do some Sometimes certain medications, they don't want you to have grapefruit juice with it. That just seems so mysterious and weird to me. Nice. Nice. Well, let's <laughs> – we'll talk about – okay, that's the next and last part of pharmacokinetics. Okay. It's the is metabolism, which involves your liver, right? Right. So there are – the this interaction involves some drugs will cause enzymes to increase. To okay. in, that means to induce metabolism of other drugs. And some will inhibit enzymes, and therefore the drugs aren't broken down as quickly. Mm -hmm. What you've just brought up, the grapefruit juice, will get in there, and, in, and it's an enzyme inhibitor. Okay. And guess what? Statins mm -hmm. are the are normally broken down by that enzyme that's inhibited. So mm -hmm. what happens to the level of the statins? Goes way up. Yeah. So that's why that's a drug nutrient interaction, and this is a great point. Um, you know, drugs are neatly packaged in tablets, capsules, injection cream, but 
you know, there are things that are out there and people take all kinds of supplements and herbals and um, here's just a food stuff. I love grapefruit juice, mm-hmm. but it has this um, biologic activity. It, it is an enzyme inhibitor. So that's what that's about. That, and that's, that's, that in, that's an interaction with the liver. So that's all that stuff about what our body does to the drug. Okay. So does that, did that make sense to you? Yeah, okay. it did. Absolutely. Okay. The other thing was the pharmacodynamics. Pharmacodynamics. <laughs> echo, echo, echo. <laughs> dynamics, dynamics. <laughs> um, and that's what um, what the drug does to us. So that's like the mechanism of action. You know how if you take a drug for, again, let's just say blood pressure. It's an easy one. Um, when the blood pressure is maintained, stays low, that's the um, – that's the desire. That's a pharmacodynamic thing. That's the effect, the pharmacologic effect. Mm-hmm. And um, you can have additive. You can use different mechanisms like a ACE inhibitor and a beta blocker and a diuretic and all of them use different mechanisms of action to achieve the same desired effect. And so these are the – you're working with this these pharmacodynamics, these getting these effects that you want. Mm-hmm. By the combination. By the combination of those drugs. Cool. Um, let's see. I There's... have one more um, interaction, and this is a drug-drug um, interaction. That's not the right word. But anyway, um, birth control pills and antibiotics. That's been disputed a little bit. That came out in, you know, when I was in pharmacy school. That was always a big one, and you know, to make sure that the woman knows to use additional birth control uh, methods if she was on both of those things. Uh, and it's not quite as clear uh, that that really is a significant uh, an interaction. Although if it has any potential at all and a woman is not wanting to have a baby at that point in time in her life, it's a very <laughs> any chances. So you just you sort of really be super cautious there and just make the person, you know, the woman aware, hey, this could happen. Um, I haven't read literature recently on that, but that's that, okay. is, that is an interesting one. Um I'm real quick, you know, just to to wrap up this the idea of like drug drug interactions so, sometimes so it can be additive effects of what you're intending to do, the mechanism of action, but it can also be Additive side effects, like a, a good example of that, is um, the in the heart rhythms and uh, EKG the the QTC interval that's in there is affected by a number of drugs. There are some that are intended to affect it, so there are antiarrhythmics to keep trying to get the heart into rhythm, but there are also antidepressants that can affect that, antiemetics that can ad- affect it, um, a whole range. Some of the pain pain meds, and so. You have to make sure that you just the physician and the person are mm-hmm. aware of these possibilities. So, and and anticholinergic effects. A number of drugs can have those. We've talked about them: dry mouth, eyes, slows the GI tract. These kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, those kind of things can be additive. So, uh, you just these things again. Drug drug interactions. Uh, they happen all the time, and. Uh, this is this is just something that we, you know, you deal with. So, uh, are there drug drug interactions? Probably. Um, are they to be something to be concerned about? There's where we get to a question that the person 
you folks out there need to, that's what you want to ask is, should I be concerned about these dr- any drug-drug interactions that are happening? And ask your doctor. Your doctor and your pharmacist, pharmacist and have a discussion. Well, no, there aren't any to be just concerned about. Well, if you want to know, then you need to ask, well, what, what are the ones that are occurring? Uh, and, you know, just see if you have a discussion. I, I just think that's the best, biggest, most important thing is to uh, participate and get in there and um, just get some baseline uh, Learn what you idea. can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you really want to throw them off, just say, pharm- in terms of the pharmacokinetics, am I, should I be concerned <laughs> about what I'm taking here? And ask them about the baby food in your colon. <laughs> so there would be that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That'd be good. So um, that's really the, the I guess, what matters in this little discussion is to um, I'm just trying to give you an idea of like where these things can occur mm-hmm. and um, what you can do is participate, yep. Under, try to understand what's going on. And again, get an idea of what those side effects are and, or potentially. Mm-hmm. And, and keep track of what you're taking when you're taking it when perfect, you start. Perfect. Righto. Okay. Have you got anything else for me, Carol? That's it. Yeah, I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you. <laughs> and I appreciate you listening. This has been and will be Druggist for the People.